and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back for another week of NFL Friday on a Thursday. My name is Tyler Hu, and I'm joined today by Bridge Gotham and Will Jang. The weather's starting to cool off, starting to get cold. It's been hoodie weather, but it's getting closer to Tim's season. It's getting closer to the heart of football season. And vibes are really, really good in New York. I will say, we've got a solid show today. And it's we got New York football talk, a little bit of surprise, a little bit of disappointment. A quiet slate this week. Only one game that I'm really looking forward to besides the local teams. But, I mean, it's been a really fun season so far for both the Giants, the Jets, the the Canada team, a.k.a. the Buffalo Bills, uh, another New York team. But um, I want to start off with you guys. How are you guys doing today? I'll start off with you, Bridge. How are you? Doing really great for all the reasons you just stated. It's getting a little bit colder, and that's definitely an understatement. I think it hit the high 30s today, at least in the feel-like temp. So got to break out those winter coats pretty soon, but you know what that means, football weather. How about those Yankees going oh, to the ALCS, ALCS dropping game one? Hopefully by the time that this goes up, the series is tied, headed back to the Bronx. Don't want to jinx that. Of course. Um, but other than that, doing well and excited to talk some football. Well, how you doing? I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty stressed today uh, because of the Yankees, So, um, but I'm excited to get my mind off of that a little bit and talk some football. You know, I'm a Jets fan, so season's not going bad for us. Yeah, vibes are pretty good, I will say. Um, the Yankees can't really do much about that. We can hear what the, everybody else's thoughts are on the Nosebleeds podcast, fellow FUV podcast of ours, great guys over there, but you know. Vibes are good. Definitely, vibes are definitely high. Um, Gang Green over there, um, absolutely dominating the Packers, a team that many thought were contenders. Uh, we know the Packers have lost a lot of key contributors, losing Devonte Adams to the Raiders this offseason. Uh, another year for Aaron Rodgers, coming off of back-to-back MVPs, but you know he hasn't looked like himself recently. Um, that being said, the Jets—that's the story of the. That's one of the stories of the season so far. Um, Four and two so far. They beat the Packers twenty-seven ten, and I mean, sure, it looked close after the second quarter. At halftime, I think it was three-three, but no, the Jets came out firing in the second half. Um, very good, very very good game plan by Robert Sala, um, running the ball really well. Brees Hall and Michael Carter, the great lightning and thunder, thunder and lightning duo, pretty much. Brees Hall had another amazing game, hundred sixteen rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, looking like one of the best running backs in the NFL as a rookie. Um, Zach Wilson, 3-0 as a starter. I mean, he didn't do too much, only 110 passing yards. But um, the Jets are undefeated with him at the helm. He's back. The Jets got their leader back. And another story today is Quinton Williams, man. Quinton Williams looks like one of the best defensive players in football right now. He had two sacks, a forced fumble, 
absolutely dominated the Packers up front, and the defenses look really good recently. But I'm going to start off with you, Will, as you are the resident Jets fan. How are you feeling as a Jets fan right now? Um, I'm excited, obviously, because it's a, it's a nice start to the season, 4-2. and two. I mean, we're not really used to seeing the Jets win. We're not really used to seeing any New York teams win other than the Bills lately. Um, so it's it's exciting, but at the same time, it's a little bit nerve-wracking as well because it's a young team, right? Like, there's a solid amount of uh, guys who have come in in the past few years. You have Zach Wilson at the helm, and honestly, I'm going to say that the main reason why I'm nervous is because I don't know if this is something that's going to last because, right, the Jets are 4-2, and two, but obviously they could easily start sliding. And honestly, I think it's it's a nice start to the season, but I'm not going to get my hopes too far up about this season. It's more of something where I'm looking forward to the future because I think that eventually the lack of experience is going to catch up to this team this season, but I think they're going to learn from that over the course of the next few seasons. So you're not all in right now? No, I don't think so. Jeez. Well, I was going to say, I was very confident in the Jets. Speaking of this being a young team, this is probably one of the youngest teams in the NFL. You're right. They've got a second-year quarterback at the helm, a lot of rookie contributors. Speaking of the rookie class, I think this might be one of the best draft classes in the NFL, straight up. This and the Seahawks, who absolutely killed the draft, by the way. you got Sauce Gardner, who's playing like one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I'm confidently putting him in my top ten. Um, Brees Hall looks like a top 10 running back. Garrett Wilson looks like a stud. He's slowed down recently, but he's looks, he, there's shades of that number one, true number one wide receiver. Jermaine Johnson had a sack in the first week has been low quiet. has been hampered by a couple injuries so far, but this Jets draft class has been amazing. I want to give credit to Joe Douglas. How are you feeling about this young Jets team bridge? Feeling pretty good. Um, I think the Giants Jets sort of rivalry is kind of, it's kind of overblown because I think you want to. Even as a Giants fan, it's not that you root for the Jets, but when both New York teams are good, it's good for the sport and it's good for the city. So, first of all, it's it's nice to see the Jets uh, playing well, and it definitely has a lot to do with that young core. And what Will said is that, you know, the potential for them to slide, I don't think that's a problem because you have to remember the expectations going into this season. Mm-hmm. The expectations were a top three draft pick, right? That's what you expected. So to already exceed that, I think that, even if you end up losing a few games down the stretch, it's okay. You weren't expecting to do well, but you managed to hit some strides, do some really good things this season, and ultimately you can build on that next season. And in terms of their wins, look, to beat the Green Bay Packers on the road in Lambeau is never easy. Obviously, it's starting to look like the Packers aren't the team they once were. Yeah, quite fraudulent. And yeah. as a Giants fan myself, seeing us beat the seeing the Giants beat the Packers across the pond, I was thinking, wow, big win over one of the contending teams and now I'm like well maybe not not that not to discredit that win necessarily we'll talk about the Giants more later it's like maybe the Packers aren't that good to begin with maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't who he once was or maybe he doesn't have those weapons anymore most definitely but a win's a win in the NFL and wins Mm -hmm. are hard to come by as we all know I will say I'm very impressed the Jets are currently the sitting at four and two six seed they're the second in the AFC East and um I will say I'm very impressed by the Jets so far. I think they've done a really good job across the board with the coaching. I was really high on the Jets coming into the season. I said that they would be second in the AFC East. I was extremely high on them, I and so far so good. Uh, I said 7-10. and 10. I said that I think Zach Wilson takes a solid step, not like a Pro Bowl quarterback or an All-Pro quarterback step, but like showing that he can be the franchise quarterback. 
right now the jury's still out. I know three no sounds good, but he hasn't been a world beater in any of those three games. But this defense has been amazing. Um, they've gotten pressure up front. Quentin Williams, Carl Lawson, in his return, he he should be in the conversation for comeback player of the year. I don't think he wins because we have an obvious winner. Um, he plays on the other side of the uh, of the pond, not the other side of the pond, other side of the locker room. But we'll talk about that later. But Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, a lot of guys up front. They've been a lot very disruptive, and that secondary has been amazing. Um, oh, yeah. you got Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and just and Lamarcus Joyner playing well. You got guys just that want to be there. Robert Sala's instilled a really really positive culture out there. A hard nosed, run the football down your throat play tough defense type of team and this is the same exact formula that the Jets had in the early 2010s when they were a contender when they were in back-to-back AFC championship games I'm not going to say that they're exactly as good as they were once then but you look at it they got a shutdown a young shutdown corner back then by the name of Darrell Rivas mm-hmm. you got a young short shutdown corner today in Sauce Gardner you got a good run game back then you got a good run game back now uh, right now you got a young quarterback and Mark Sanchez then, I don't know if Zach Wilson will – I hope Zach Wilson will be better for Jets fan's sake. I'm a Giants fan. But, man, this Jets team, I will say I'm very impressed by this Jets team. I was going to ask you guys if it was a legit playoff team or a flash in the pan. I think they're a legit playoff team. I do think they steal a wild card spot. I'm sorry with you, Bridge. I want to see what your perspective is from an outsider. Uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I would argue that the AFC East is the second toughest division in football outside of the NFC East. We're probably like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. But Especially with the South having, uh, the AFC West having a down year by yeah. per, mm-hmm. per se. Take a look at the AFC East. Bills are a juggernaut, right? Of course. Dolphins started 3-0 with a healthy Tua through six touchdowns in that one and game. And he's back this week. And he's back this the week. Steelers. The New England on. Patriots have turned it around very quietly. Belichick. Belichick is year. still Belichick. He's cooking something up, and maybe they got a QB controversy. If Bailey Zappi... <laughs> nah, it's Mac Jones. If they, uh, Hey, look, if, if Zappi has another really good week, the, I, I think they're... What are they, playing the Bears? They're playing somebody that's... Uh, They'll win. <laughs> they're playing a beatable opponent, and I'm thinking, if Zappi goes out there and kills it, maybe you keep him in. I don't know when Mac Jones comes back. Uh, either way, the Patriots are going to be competitive, and then, of course, you have the Jets sitting at 4-2, and two, second in the AFC East. So my point is that in order to sneak into the playoffs... You know, it's not going to be easy um, because you're competing with your entire your entire division is competing for a playoff spot. I think I can't definitively say they'll make it or not, but I think that they will be on the fringe at least. Mm-hmm. But if they make it, they'll probably be like a number seven seed and they'll sneak in at maybe like a nine and eight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Jen, I think they just missed the playoffs because, again, if you look at their schedule, right, they lost to Baltimore. They lost to Cincy. So you basically lost to Lamar Two Jackson and Joe Burrow, essentially. Yeah. And then the teams you beat are the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Miami, no Tua, and Green Bay, who's not as good as we originally thought. So my thing is, they, they could beat the teams that are like, just meh, they're just like sitting around, but they're not going to beat, you know, your more top-tier teams, you know, and I, I think that's going to cost them down the stretch. And also, I think... You know, as I said, Zach Wilson and the entire team is young. And, I mean, I think that Zach Wilson is so far in his games this year been playing better than he has in the past. But I think that this is just like we're seeing what he can be um, so far. But I think that this is a lot better than probably what he's going to consistently produce, at least for this season. Yeah, definitely. And I think that even if they don't make the playoffs, it's a, it's a huge step for the Jets. Oh, yeah. The Jets... 
you know, they're as we've mentioned, they're an extremely young team. They weren't expected to make the playoffs. They weren't even expected to be this good. They weren't expected to have four wins till maybe week fourteen, and it's week seven. They're four and two. It's really encouraging, and I think they have another winnable game coming up that we're going to talk about right now. We got the Jets traveling to the Broncos. The Jets are currently, I believe, one and a half point underdogs yep. on the road against a really, really, really bad Broncos team. I'm going to be honest. They struggled. I was not high on them coming to the year, and I think I've been proven right. Russell Wilson has looked like he should just become a family man. He looks pretty washed up, I would say. Uh, he's also nursing a hamstring injury, and this Broncos defense is a really good unit. The problem is their offense is atrocious, and they're not getting any better. They lost Javante Williams for a year a couple weeks ago. Uh, Melvin Gordon looked bad last week, fumbled a couple times. They don't look – they look beatable. And what I want to start off with you, Will, as a Jets fan, what are your keys to the game against the Broncos? I think definitely just making sure you can score. I don't think, I don't think the Broncos offense is much to worry about, honestly. Even though Russell Wilson, yeah, he's he used to be really good, and I think I think he'll find his stride again. You know, um, he's Russell Wilson, and I think that at the same time he's got the dude who trained Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, now training him and Tim Grover. So I think I think he'll eventually get back to what he was, but um, I think that it's not going to happen right now. I think that um, the Jets' defense doesn't really have to worry too much. It's mainly just I've, I, like Denver's brought. Excuse me. Denver's offense is not going to do much. I just think it's making sure you can put some points on the board. If you can put points on the board against the Broncos defense, you're set because the Broncos defense is really their forte right now. Not definitely not their offense. Rich. Broncos have lost three in a row. They haven't looked good in in any of their games. Um, they're they're two wins on the season. A uh, a win over the Texans, a sixteen to nine win over the Texans, and then a one point win over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah, I'm very low on the Broncos as well. The Jets should win this game, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They'll win it very easily. I think the Jets will go in there. They're going to take care of business. I think they come up with, like, a they're going to win by at least a touchdown. You got a score prediction for us? Yeah, let's throw it in at, um, it's going to be, a, uh, I'll go uh, 17-10. Well, I'm going to go, of course. I think I'm going to go with Jets putting up 20, and I'm going to go with the Broncos putting up 10. And I also do think that the Jets win, I'd say pretty convincingly. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, as all of us do. Two good defenses. And uh, I didn't even mention my keys, but the keys to the game are just pressure Russell Wilson. Yeah. Considering, one, his offensive line sucks. Two, he's not very good anymore. Forcing him to make mistakes. Three, he's hurt. Exactly. He's hurt, so he won't be able to move. Um... Jets front seven's very talented, and, and if been, he challenges the secondary, exactly, you already know what's going to happen. Exactly, They're, he's going to get lost in the sauce. <laughs> um, and for the offense, just run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. Just stay away from Patrick Sertan. Second, to me, the best corner in the NFL. I think he's taking that step. So stay away from him, and I think you guys, will, the Jets, will have a good day. I think the Jets win twenty-one to ten, and they improve to five and two, and just show everybody why I am so high on the Jets. But let's travel over to the other side of MetLife Stadium. I was here at this weekend's game. Mm-hmm. The New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, are five and one. Man, it feels good to be a Giants fan. They defeated the Ravens twenty-four to twenty on another another great comeback win. Daniel Jones's fourth comeback win of the season, coming back down from double digits. It came back down from ten points in the fourth quarter. It was a very interesting game. I've never heard MetLife that loud. Um, 
very good day for the rookies, I will say. The rookies stepped up. Wandell Robinson had his first touchdown of the year on a five-yard flat route. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau sealed the game with a game-stealing strip sack. And you saw Kayvon with all those emotions coming out after the game, crying. And just it just feels good. It feels like there's so much more excitement with the Giants. Um, Brian Dable's done an amazing job. I think he's the clear consensus coach of the year. And Daniel Jones played a very clean game. 19 for 27, 173 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. It's It was a really, really convincing, solid win for the Giants. Sure, the Ravens have been a little disappointment, disappointing recently. I think they're, they, their offense has really stagnated and their defense, you know, their defense has stepped up recently. But this is a good, very, very good win for the Giants. Back-to-back wins against teams that we used to think were contenders and the Packers and the Ravens. They made Lamar Jackson's life miserable, forced him to a late pick. Uh, and the game ceiling fumble. And it's just really nice to be a Giants fan right now. Bridge, I'm going to start off with you. How are you feeling right now, Big Blue Nation? So many things to think about, but I think the number one thing you look at here is that every game the Giants have won, they lost last season. And what I mean by that is that it's a sh- it's a close margin of victory, and it's a down the stretch, the difference in coaching between Joe Judge and Brian Dable, you can really see it. And... You know, people within the organization, we even said, like, you know, we this is a game. Oh, we lose this game last year. You're down 10 points mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. They yeah, see up. you later. It's over. It's over. over and die last year. Exactly. So that's the, num- that's the number one thing. MetLife Stadium, you were there. It was unbelievable. So I'm up in the press box, right, and it's very quiet in there. They have uh, soundproof glass, so mm-hmm. it's it's. One thing that I, I don't like is, like, I it's hard to get yeah, into it, you know what game. I mean? But yeah. MetLife got so loud to the point where, you you know, you could feel it inside of the press box with the soundproof glass. Like, right. like it's it's that loud, which which is awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> it's good to see the Giants fans. Like, Giants fans have been, you know, dealing with a lot the last five, six years. Yeah. They've been the worst team in football over the last six years, I believe. Um, last year felt kind of like rock bottom. And the Giants already have more wins this year than they did all last year through six games. It's unbelievable to see. And, I mean, it was my second Giants game at MetLife Stadium ever. I will be going later this season, and I, I think I chose the right games. I think I chose Ravens game and the Eagles game, and I'm really excited to see the both Eagles games. Eagles game is going to be it's awesome. It's going to be unbelievable. The Giants just look they look like such a tough unit out there. They, they're they're obviously not very talented. I still think this roster is. That's like, the most impressive part about exactly. it. Exactly. I still think this roster is lacking a lot of talent. They don't they, have like they have no wide receivers. No wide receivers. They're picking guys up off the street. Marcus Johnson, yeah. Richie James was a practice squad guy before the season. I yeah. think he's our leading receiver. And the Giants are five and one. And Daniel Jones is a quarterback. Daniel Jones is exactly. like. It's about coaching. It's that's what it's all about. Daniel Jones is not the most talented guy, but Brian Dable and uh, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, they know how to play to his strength. They're exactly. not going to have him throwing it fifty yards downfield because that's not what he's built to do. Run a little play action, do a little uh, read option, you know, do a little five yard run, find find your tight end Bellinger over the middle, get five yards. That's the Daniel Jones offense, and they've used it and utilized it to perfection. I also forgot to mention Daniel Bellinger is one of the rookies. Yeah, he caught a touchdown. He's, awesome. yeah. he's unbelievable. I mean, like, all the rookies have started to show up, really, and mm-hmm. show out. They've been amazing. And how about Kayvon at the end, too? Game. Yeah, yeah, Kayvon in his first sack, and yeah. it couldn't have come at a better time. Mm-hmm. It's just really good to see this Giants team. Just, like, the ch- culture change has been amazing. But as an outsider, I guess, as a neutral fan, Will, how, how are you – what has impressed you about the Giants this season? I think – 
definitely the fact that th- they've been winning a lot more than we've expected them to than what, than what we've seen for the past few seasons. I mean, 5-1 and one is really good, and that one loss has come against, you know, a very solid Dallas Cowboys team. So, you know, you can't really be too mad about that. And um, I think that for me, even though I'm a Jets fan, my hopes for the Giants are a lot higher than they are for the Jets this season just because it's 5-1, and one, and I feel like, you know, you have Saquon Barkley who's starting to find his footing again. And I think that the coaching changes have made a big difference. And I think that even though the Giants, I, uh, even though I think the Jets probably will just miss the playoffs, I think the Giants will just make the playoffs, actually. That's interesting. I mean, I can't be mad at that. I think right now, I think they're, well, they are the second seed in the NFC East, which is, as we just mentioned, yeah. very competitive. The toughest division in football I mean, right now. Besides the Commanders, there's three they're legit really solid teams. teams. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I think they're the fifth or sixth seed right now. Yeah, and that's the problem with the NFL playoff yeah. format is you can have the second best record in your whole in the in the National Football Conference, and you could be the fifth seed playing I can't be mad on that the road. Still. Right. I got Hey, when last Winning last your, couple times the Giants yeah. the play, made that late playoff run there, the road team. No, of course, of course. 2007, so no, of course. it might but, be a blessing in disguise. It is, but at the same time, it's like, oh, man, like it's it's annoying that a team with significantly less, that you can't get home field over, let's say, maybe the 49ers who win 10 games, 9 games. Right. But I think you should be rewarded for winning your division. Like it, It's a good rule at the uh, end of the day. No, most definitely. But I'm really – it's just like really nice to see the Jets actually being – I mean the Giants actually being a, like a playoff team. You yeah. you didn't expect this. I didn't expect that. I was extremely low on the Giants coming into the season. I was much higher on the Jets. I thought the Giants were a year or two away. Um and I was like, all right, I feel good about Brian Dable and this coaching staff. Dable, Mike Kafka calling the offensive plays, Wink Martindale, who's been Love a revelation him. on defense. Um just playing such an aggressive style of defense that we didn't see last year. I mean, Patrick Graham was really good at his job. That being said, I feel like Wing's been a slight upgrade, and it's been really nice to see a change of culture. Blessing in disguise, because to see Patrick Graham walk, it was like, oh, man, like he was the one part of this coaching staff that you were like, I kind of want him to stay. He's been doing good things. He goes over to the Raiders. I think he's their DC now. Mm -hmm, And it's like, oh, man, like what are we going to do? We can't wink Martindale. I mean, he's been – the schemes he's been running have been so effective. He's been absolutely amazing for us and for the Giants and just the coaching and just the culture change. It feels – Feels different here. Feels different with the Giants. Yep. I can say I'm proud to be a Giants fan again, and I can put a smile on my face when I say I'm a Giants fan. But I guess, Bridge, I'm going to start off with you. Can you give me, like, one key like key success to the Giants? Like, key to the Giants' success this season? I think the number one key to success this season, ooh, that's a good question. It's hard to pinpoint because they've been playing such great team football. Like, the defense mm-hmm. has stepped up when they needed to. The offense has pieced together drives when they need to. I think for me, I think it's Daniel Jones not turning the ball over to the same level that he that he has in the past. He is always had a bad reputation for fumbling, throwing bad interceptions, and while he did have a, a bad interception at the end of the Dallas game, I think Daniel Jones has taken care of the football a lot better this season, and with less uh, effective weapons to throw to as well, he's he's honestly looked better. So I think that's the key to the Giants is not turning the ball over, and then of course. Everyone, aside from Sterling Shepard, we wish him a speedy recovery. Everyone staying healthy on the offensive side of the football. Most definitely will. Do you have any keys to success so far? I think it's definitely, um, well, two things. One is more general, one is more specific. I think yeah. the more specific one is uh, just make sure Saquon Barkley is, you know, make sure he gets going every single game as much as possible. Yeah. And I think the more general one is 
it's not so much um, visible if you just look at wins and losses, but if you look at their score differential, I would like to see them expand that a little more because mm-hmm. the wins they're, they're not pretty. Oh, they're all like, ugly. Every oh, single they're game. all not close a single games. pretty win. Yeah. Every single game's been within single digits. Beating the Panthers in a ugly. field goal shootout by three, but yeah. a win's a win. It's win's Giants win. football. Exactly. So that's basically my just expand that score differential so that you know you. That that would obviously show that they're better and they would have better chances of you know making a run in the postseason maybe. Definitely. I think they have a good shot to do that this weekend. I do think so too. I mean, the one thing I do worry about with the Giants, uh, besides the offense not having much talent, the, the whole oh, roster not having much talent is Giants' run defense has been pretty bad. They've allowed like five point six yards per carry, almost thousand, eight over eight hundred fifty yards, and that got exposed again this week yep. against um, Kenyon Drake, who destroyed the Giants. And uh, Lamar Jackson, and they it doesn't get much easier. Uh, they face the Jaguars, who have <laughs> two headed monster and James Robinson and Travis Etienne, and that's that's a very dynamic thunder and lightning duo right there. I just want to see the Giants show more fight up front. Obviously, getting Leonard Williams back will help a lot, but this Giants defense has been very bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. I, I do worry a little bit about if it breaks sometime soon, but they've been really good so far. Wink Martindale has the Giants blitzing the most of anybody at 42.5%, which is absolutely staggering. I mean, I expected that. I didn't expect that much blitzing. But it's been a really fun style to watch. Um, it's been – and special teams has been really good. The Giants just win where it matters, like the little, little things. Really Up do. front, the trenches, the Giants – their line is not great besides Andrew Thomas, and hopefully Evan Neal becomes really good. But they've taken care of the football. They've bent but don't break on defense, and they win the ugly games. They win the nitty-gritty. So it's really good to see the Giants do that, and they have a chance to improve to 6-1, and one, which is like one of the best starts in recent memory for the Giants. And they play on the road against the Jaguars. I believe they're three-point underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but, you know, the Jaguars I, are a tough team. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching that line for a while, and I was like, all right, that that's going to surely move after this win against the Ravens, and it, it hasn't. Didn't. At ESPN, the circle, you know, you know what I'm talking about, where it shows the percentage. Of course. It has the Giants Ve- at like 25. Right, and it's Vegas like, is still doubting us. Vegas is doubting, and, and, you know, Vegas is, is where all the money is made, so they have to have some sort of good reason for this. That I do not know. I don't think it's just because the Jaguars are at home because, you know, the old saying is give three points to the home team. People saying this is a trap game for the Giants, I don't think so. I think the Giants go down there to Jacksonville and they win their first convincing uh, game of the season in terms of of margin of victory. I think uh, the Jaguars had an all right start to the season. They did have that big win over the Chargers, but since then the Jaguars have not looked that great. I mean, in their last three games, they've you know they played the Eagles pretty close, but then they lose to the Texans and the Colts, two teams that are not going to be in that playoff conversation two teams that you should not lose to um if you want to you know make the playoffs in the national football league in the 2022 season that being said i think the giants if they go down there they run the ball well they play they play their style of football i think they can win by seven to ten points yeah i mean this is going to be a tough test obviously the jaguars do have some talent trevor lawrence a healthy i mean christian kirk um etn and robinson and their run defense is really good. They are, they allow only 89.3 rushing yards per game, which is the fifth-best run defense in the NFL. With the Giants, you, you, your best player is Saquon Barkley. That's going to be a tough test. I Saqu- like my odds there. I, I like say, I like yeah, my I odds, Saquon, but it's going to yeah. be a tough one. But um, can, can I get a key to the game from both of you guys? Well, I'll start off with you. Keys for the Giants to win this game on the road. I would say... 
I'm going to go with defense. Um, I think as long as you stop, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the and the Jaguars offense, I think, you know, you're good to go. You know, get Saquon on uh get Saquon going, get Daniel uh play to Daniel Jones' strengths. I think I think they can pull out a close win. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be like within 3 points, honestly. But I think they will yeah, score Even though it's an ugly win, I think they'll pull out another win. Just like just like how the Giants do it. You me a score prediction? I'm going to go 21-19. Ooh, that's Scorigami. Mm-hmm. Might be a Scorigami <laughs> for all we know. Um, Key to the game and a score prediction. Don't fall behind early. It's a lot harder to play from behind on the road than it is at home. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, if the Giants face that 10 point deficit at uh, Baltimore, I don't think they come back. I Definitely, think the Baltimore yeah. crowd's too much. At the I just think, yeah, the MT Bank, right? It's just it's it's just a lot tougher. So you're going out of Jacksonville, obviously. There's been memes for years. You know, you take a screenshot out of Madden with a full crowd, and they're like, oh, this is unrealistic because nobody goes to Jaguars games. Right. But I'm sure that, you know, NFL games, there's 17 of them in a season. There's eight or nine home games. People are going to show up. And they're, you know, Giants fans travel well, right? New Yorkers go everywhere. But I think that. And I'm sure so there's a lot of I'm, Giants fans out I'm in Florida. I'm sure there's a lot of Giants fans down in Florida, but, but it's still not going to be MetLife Stadium. Right. So don't fall behind early. Play neck and neck, and then use that second half to get, to go ahead and I'll take it one play at a time. And I, you know, don't don't try to make it all up in one play if you do fall behind because you don't have to. You saw you got seventeen to three against the Packers in a different country in a different <laughs> continent. Yep. You come back Neutral and you side. win, right? Neutral side aside, I mean, it was technically a Packers home game. I don't it know was. what that really means. If it means that the PA announcer says Packers first down. I don't know if it, I don't know if that's what it means. Just I don't know if it means that. Yeah. I don't know how a, a neutral site in London works, but the Giants weren't in, in a comfortable place uh, that they're used to different time zone. Mm-hmm. A lot of different of factors, a lot in of that factors game. in there. So, got to give them credit there. I think um, score prediction wise, Giants twenty four, Jaguars seventeen. I mean, that couldn't be more spot. That, that's my score prediction. <laughs> Funnily enough, I got the same exact score prediction. The Giants just have to take care of business. Uh, no stupid mistakes. Um, win the battle up front. This is a tough Jaguars front on defense. Their offensive line isn't good. So I guess just Leonard Williams and Sexy Dexy himself, Dexter Lawrence, just take care He's of business. He's been playing well. He's been amazing. Yeah. He's been probably our the Giants' best defensive player. He's been awesome. And just got to keep taking care of business. He had a big, he had a sack this past week. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. And I'm really excited for this game. I think um, both New York teams on the road, both underdogs, you know, some excitement will happen, some chaos. I think that both New York teams take care of business. I'm excited for, for what's going to happen after that because exactly. the Giants go over to Seattle, another Ooh. game in a tough atmosphere that they – if if they win against the Jaguars in Seattle, they're going to their bye week at 7-1. and one. That's going to be amazing. Then they come back and they play the Texans at home, 8-1. and one. Yep. Lions at home, 9-1. and one. Um, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, all right, tough game, 9-2. Okay. and two. Commanders at home, 10-2. and two. Eagles at home. 11 awesome. and 2, oh, 11 wow. and 2. Oh, wow. Commanders on the road 12 like and 2, Vikings on the road 12 and 3. It's okay. Colts at home 13 and 3 and then Eagles on the road. That game honestly might not matter or it will because both teams could have already solidified their playoff positions or maybe the or maybe they're playing for the division, so I'm not going to give a prediction then. But you look at the Giants schedule, I don't think I see more than 3 or 4 losses left this season. That's a level of confidence. That's a vote of confidence if I've ever heard one. I'm feeling really good because Bridges got me fired up. But, um, man, 
Giants football. Jets football. We are it's back. Awesome. New York football is back. So I, I want to just talk about some – we're six weeks in now. We've seen – I think we, we can get a fair gauge of what's going on in the league. It's been an extremely weird year, to say the least. Um, and I guess – I don't. Need, I want to go around the league more so because we've talked, we've raved about the Giants and Jets being two surprise teams for sure. I want to get like a couple of surprises and a couple of disappointments so far. I think we've we've gotten a look at like, as I said, very weirdly year. We've seen a lot of changes and a lot of stuff that we don't expect. Can I get? I'm gonna start off with you, Will. Can I get one surprise from you and then one disappointment so far? I'm gonna go with the Broncos as a disappointment. Mm-hmm. I thought that Russell Wilson would be better. It's just, that's right. It's just, <laughs> I'll be real. I did not. So I'm. I'm. I did not add them as a disappointment. But I want to hear more about this. Uh, it's. I didn't think they were gonna lead the division. Obviously, you know the Chiefs are in the division, or uh, so I didn't expect them to be fantastic or anything like that. But I did expect them to be better than two and four as a start to the season. And as far as surprises go, in terms of positive surprises. Oh, it's hard not to say New York football. We got to stick um, away from New York football. Yeah. We're, go- we're going around the league today. Um, honestly, maybe the Vikings at five and one. Yeah, fair. That, that's surprising. I mean, you would think that the Packers would be leading that division, and I mean that's another disappointment. The Packers actually. Yeah, fair. I would say I was, I think I had the Vikings winning that division. Oh, actually, no, I'll take that back. I think I definitely had the Vikings making the playoffs. I do think they're the best roster in that division. I only pick the Packers because the Packers are regular season merchants, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. They usually take care of business in regular season and fold in the playoffs just because that's all they do. And they've it's fair to call them a disappointment. Um, Bridge? Biggest surprise, I mean, let's just look at the wild card round of, the, of last year's playoffs where the Eagles are throttled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. You see a young quarterback, a young inexperienced quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Eagles have no shot. Why are there seven teams in the playoffs? This is a stupid round. Why do this? And let's look at the Eagles this season. That's my biggest surprise. They're Best six and zero. Oh. Nick Sirianni has instilled a culture down there in Philly. Has brought the best out of Jalen Hurts. You saw that video has, of him um, screaming "f you" at the um, Dallas sideline. Yeah. That was very funny. Yep. And um, made the, nece- the Howie Roseman made the necessary moves in the offseason, trading for AJ Brown, building a really good roster. And I don't think any. People probably thought the Eagles were going to be good this season. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone expected them to be the best team in football right now or at least have the best record, and I think it's not arguable. I think it's undisputed that they're a, that they're a top-three team in oh, the NFL absolutely. at this there, point. There are three elite teams right yeah. now and then everybody else. Exactly, right? you got Bills, Chiefs, year. Eagles, and yep. then everybody, everybody else. else the field. Uh, so that's my biggest surprise. My biggest disappointment is the Tampa Bay Bucks at 3-3. Three and three. Like um, Look, Tom Brady's 45. He's... You know he's he's getting up there in age. He retired. He came back and got divorced. Has some has some <laughs> off field off the field issues. So I think the the Bucks actually started two and zero, and people definitely still think they're going to to sneak into the playoffs, which is because their division's so weak. Although the Falcons have been playing some some mm, good football yep. recently, I think that this past week is what kind of put me over the edge which was a loss to the Steelers where you were I think a nine or ten point favorite they were ten point favorites yeah you, I mean the the one in four Steelers at the time like you're supposed to blow them out and they they just aren't they the Bucks don't look that good uh their defense looked really good through the first two weeks and then since then has they haven't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to need to get it figured out. I, I will say, yeah, they look very lifeless out there. Tom Brady does not look yeah. like himself. And I don't know if it's Bruce Arians 
not being the coach. not being the coach anymore. I don't know if that has changed what they're doing. I don't know if Brady. I mean, Brady uh, attended uh, Robert Kraft's wedding and, mm-hmm. and missed uh, practice on Friday. He also was and seen was for a bar mitzvah or something too. Yeah, he was also seen uh, throwing a ball with a trainer while his entire team was huddled up around Cameron Brate, uh, who yeah. was being put onto a stretcher while Tom Brady was just throwing the ball. Yeah, I don't know if there's some sort of disconnect. I know he's the goat. He's he's the greatest to ever do it, but I don't. Know, I think it might be time to Hang again up. and and. People have been saying this every year. I mean, Max Kellerman. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this could yeah, not age well when he holds up the Lombardi in February. But right now, it's um, <laughs> doesn't look very good. You know what they say, father time is undefeated. And yeah. Brady did say he wanted to play to, what, 50? And he's almost there. He's at 45. That being said, they don't look good over there. Um, They are, what, 3-3? Three and three? They're 3-3. Three and yeah. three. They look very good. It's tough because if you're going to come out of retirement, like you, and have a worse record than the Jets. That's the that's the thing. It's like if you come out of the retirement and then you, you go on to win a Super Bowl or, or go far in the playoffs, that's something. But if you come out of retirement and and just go out like this, like let's say they go – Nine and eight, and they lose in the wild card round or something. It's like, oh, like that's just that's like the Michael Jordan Wizards. Like yeah. that's you yeah. know, it's not really. It would be a real shame if Brady went out sad, um, like yeah. this. I think last year to go out with that yeah. huge comeback and then just falling short was a great way to to to, to end your career, right? I thought going out with the Super Bowl was the I right mean, way. I mean, I agree as well. But I'm saying if <laughs> he you, still had it, yeah. But just I'm I'm only saying that because he actually did retire after last year. I'm like that makes sense. And yeah, then, and then he decided to come back. So. Yeah, it would have been great if he goes to Tampa for a year, wins the Super Bowl, and just that's it. That would yeah. have been. It would have been great. Only time will tell with the um, yeah with the Bucks, but they've definitely been. They've also been dealing with a lot of injuries on their injuries. their offensive line too. They um, lost uh, who do they lose? Marpet they lost, retired. retired. Replacing with Shaq Mason, they yeah. lost Ryan Jensen for the year. And Jensen as their center. Yeah, I mean, the center massive. position I would argue is the most important on the offensive line. I know the tackles are left tackle, uh, yeah. left, left tackle, tackle and center, but the center important. like snapping the ball and being in in coordination with mm-hmm. your quarterback. Absolutely. There's a lot there. Yeah. And so, and Brady and Jensen have obviously developed quite the rapport over the past couple of years. To lose your starting center is bad. And then they also who did they lose? Did they lose Tristan Wirfs? They lost somebody uh, they lost else. Donovan Smith. They're Donovan Smith, yeah. Another big piece. He, I mean, yeah. Anyways, they've been very. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good picks though for like surprise. Honestly, when I when I uh, when Tyler went to you, I was like, damn, dang, I should have picked the the Eagles for the, yeah. the surprise. I can't. I mean, the Eagles. I did have them winning the division. I didn't think they'd be undefeated. I thought they'd be maybe like eleven and six at the end of the year. But they look. Hey, like maybe the they will football. be. Maybe they go undefeated. <laughs> maybe they run the table. No, I mean, maybe they now. will be eleven and six. Oh, maybe they will. <laughs> but maybe they'll also run the table. They look absolutely unbelievable. That, I wonder what their toughest game on their on their schedule is left. I would have to take a look. Cause I'm curious. That, yeah, no, take take a look. I think they do have a couple tough games left. Aside they, from the division yeah. games, so. They'll pro- actually know, their schedule is very easy. Oh, they yeah. do. Have, they don't have a bad schedule, but I think they have. I they play the Packers, the Packers on Sunday. No, they'll fall, but now that's they'll dominate like, the Packers. Yeah, and that's at home too. They'll dominate the they Packers. don't play the Chiefs or the Bills at all. No, no, so. they don't. Do they play the Buccaneers? No, they'll cruise. Yeah, they won't see them till the, till the, Gi- the Super Bowl. The Giants will end their undefeated streak. I guarantee it. That being said, my surprise. And then again, like yeah. the the divisional games, like they of play. Course. They're at Dallas on Christmas at Eve. At Dallas, will like be divisional tough. games are going to be tough. I even say like against Washington, those games aren't automatic. No, no, like division don't. games are, are toss ups. They'll dominate Washington. Washington <laughs> does nothing to me. They they're terrible. I think they might drop Ta- to the Taylor Cowboys Heineke though. though. I mean, he's he's coming back. Taylor Heineke. Oh my, what a story! But my surprises <laughs> this year and my disappointments. I feel like. There are so many candidates for both uh, both uh, categories. 
I could go anyway with this one. My surprise this year has been the guy who's replaced Russell Wilson, Mr. Geno Smith. Ooh, that's a good one. Geno Smith has looked like a top five quarterback in the NFL. I have him in my top five for MVP right now. And as crazy as that sounds, if somebody told me that before the season, I would have called them crazy. I would have had them tested for whatever drugs known to man. That being said, Geno Smith currently leads the league in completion percentage with 73.4% from the um, 1,500 passing yards, nine passing touchdowns. And it's not even about the stats. He just looks like the better quarterback than Russell Wilson right now. It's not even close. He just looks like a guy who everybody there wants to play for. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Kenneth Walker now with Rashad, uh, Rashad Benny Hurt. They just look like a revitalized team. I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs, but with that draft class, Seattle killed it in the draft. They got immediate contributors all across the board. And Geno Smith having a career year after sitting that many years as a backup behind so many guys like Mark Sanchez, um, Eli Manning in that one tumultuous year with the Giants. Oh, gosh. A couple other uh, – he's been a career backup, and he's he's – He's done his course as a backup, and man, he looks like a franchise quarterback. As crazy as that sounds, I'm so happy for Geno Smith. I mean, he's he's just such a nice story, taking over for a team that nobody, including me, expected to be any good. I thought they were going to be in contention for the first overall pick, get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, but no, they're the 10th seed in the NFC right now. They're third, well, tied. Well, honestly, no, they're tied for first, even though they lost a tiebreaker. They have the same record as the other two uh, teams yeah, in the three, NFC three-way tie. West. Man, it's such a good story to see Geno Smith succeeding and looking, I mean, looking like a franchise quarterback. But my disappointment is the Oakland, uh, no, excuse me, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I mean, what's going on there? The, Ra- the Raiders, I thought they were a playoff team. I thought they were going to be the final wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one and four. They, the they're heading out of their bye week as I think the worst team in the AFC, uh, record-wise. Yeah, they, they blew an early game. Yep. To, I'm thinking of games that they play. They've blown. They all of those games have pr- pretty much been close. They've blown them in ugly ways. The Chiefs game on prime time, so winnable. Devonta Adams doesn't catch it on the sideline, and on fourth and one, for some reason, they call a go route for. Uh, and like a crossing route for Hunter Renfro and Devontae They Adams. just run into each other. Exactly. They're running into each other. Fourth and one. That's that's probably the play that pisses me off the most as a football fan. Running deep routes on fourth and short. And it's I like, needed them to give it to Jacobs. I was losing in fantasy by about like three <laughs> points. I, lo- and I, yeah. I was like, run it to Jacobs. Get the get the first down there and then spite and figure it out after that. Guess who lost by point three two that week. Oh, man. Because Daniel Carlson did not get an extra chance to kick a field goal. And Clyde Edwards led to nothing. I lost by point three two, And um, the Raiders have been beyond disappointing. I thought that they'd be a good team. A lot of t- I-, I guess a lot of coaching turnover this offseason. Uh, just a lot of turnover in general. Replacing Marty uh, Mike Mayock with Dave Ziegler in the front office as their GM. Uh, Josh McDaniels is their new head coach. After Rich Bisaccia, the interim, who I thought, I thought he should have just gotten the job. I, yeah. I thought he should have stayed. He gets replaced by Josh McDaniels from the um, I, the former Patriots offensive coordinator. I was extremely low on that hire. I was like, Josh McDaniels is not an NFL head coach. He's an, he's an OC. He's, he's not a leader of men. He the the Patriots offense is not spe- nothing special. And I mean, was I right? Yes. Um, McDaniels has been awful so far. He has not maximized that talent at all on offense. They've lost so many, like a couple of extremely winnable games. The as I said, the Chiefs game, the Titans game was winnable. They lost by two. I wouldn't say the Chargers opening night. Yeah, I guess. But remember that 
Cardinals game, they lost on they had back-to-back fumbles by Hunter Renfro. Why are you calling back-to-back plays for Hunter Renfro? Just fumbled the play before he fumbles and lose the game on a fumble return for a touchdown. It's really annoying to watch great teams. I, I think the Raiders are a very good team talent-wise. Be miscoached and miss, misutilizing their talent and losing easy games. And it's really disappointing to see how they're playing right now. They don't. They do not look like what I thought they would be. They look like a team that's going to be in contention for that number one overall pick. That's not what we expect coming into the season. And as I said, it's been a weird season. Um, and this week's slate is very, very disappointing. But while we we're come to an end right now, we have one last game that we want to talk about. And it's a rematch of a previous Super Bowl that's pretty recent. I think it was three years ago. The Chiefs played the 49ers yep, in the Super one Bowl. One month before COVID. Exactly. One month before COVID. And it was it was obviously a pretty good Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Chiefs and 49ers are both coming off of losses in different different fashions. The, um, the 49ers lost to the Falcons 28-14 in a very ugly, just a game that you you want to throw it in the trash. And the Chiefs lost 24-20 to the Bills in a game that we everybody everybody's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have another one of those game-winning drives. Did not happen. He threw an interception to, I believe, Kyer Elam, the rookie cornerback. Yeah. Of, and the, both teams are coming in angry, I'd say. It's it's in at Levi Stadium in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. A rematch of the Super Bowl three years ago. And both teams, you know, look very different from then. Uh, then and now, 40, uh, 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo, but a lot of ch- – uh, I'd say a decent amount of changes. Yeah. Um, And losing a lot of their coaching staff, I guess, and just movement. Chiefs, obviously, Tyreek Hill, he is now a Dolphin, and they've replaced him, I'd say, pretty well. I'd say their offense still looks like they're cruising. Yep. But it's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. Um, Contrast the styles, again, 49ers, strong, strong defense, not very good passing. Chiefs, one of the most explosive offenses in football, um, improved defense. And I want to see one key to the game for both teams. Uh, Will, what's your key to the game for the Chiefs and then for the 49ers? I think for the 49ers it as it should be for every team stopping Patrick Mahomes. I like that that's obviously one of if not the biggest weapon in football is Patrick Mahomes. Like the amount of things he can do, like you get pass, you can scramble a little bit, you can throw a no look pass like under pressure. Like the things he can do is ridiculous. So I think um definitely just stopping Mahomes. As for the Chiefs, I'm not really sure because I feel like this should not be the most difficult win. I mean, it shouldn't it probably won't necessarily be easy, I would say, but I think just going out there and doing what they like what they know they can do and doing what they um what they do to the best of their ability, just consistency, I think that that's the Chiefs key to success this game. Bridge I think when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, you have to look at their defense. They're only allowing 15 points a game. I think that's among the fewest in the NFL. So the Chiefs are averaging 30 offensive points a game. So you're looking at one of the best offenses, best defenses. But like Will said, the Niners' defense has had success this season. Sample size-wise, they haven't played um, that many amazing teams. I think their best game, the game where I think they looked. I mean, obviously, when you blow out the Panthers, you're just the Panthers. Right. But um, the, the Rams, Rams, right? Yeah. They made I, Stafford look terrible. They made Stafford, and it's like okay, look at it now. It's like the Rams are also three and three, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Maybe yeah. they're not that. Uh, team. That was another one of my disappointments. Um, they look awful. Yeah, the Rams. Are, they suck. Yeah, they're yeah. not good. <laughs> um, so happy that Matthew Stafford got his ring because that yeah. that whole thing's over. Um, it's it's done. Uh, but that agenda is gone. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, nice little story, nice little one-year thing. Um, but, yes, yeah, so they blew out the Rams. I think that that's their sort of best performance to limit what I thought was a really explosive offense, maybe not so much now. Key to the game for the Niners, as I just said, it's 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 limiting the, the chief the Chiefs' offense because when you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're not going to be looking to put up 40 points because you, you can't. It's about winning a 13 to 10 game against the Green Bay Packers in the snow. That that's the kind of that's the kind of game you have to play. So obviously with the Chiefs, the key for their the key for the Chiefs it is start fast, keep going fast, build enough of a lead at the halftime where the Niners. No matter what adjustments they make, it's it's too much. Like this is the kind of game where you're gonna go into halftime up twenty one three, seventeen three. Like if the Chiefs play their brand of football, like that's what I see. I know you're on the road in San Francisco, but unless Debo Samuel makes some really explosive plays, and I know they've been using him in the running game a little bit too, a lot last year as well. I think he works well with the end around and that sort of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think uh, the Chiefs win this game. Um, Vegas likes them at two and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, obviously they're going to cover. It's more about by how much. <laughs> I think they win by 10-plus. Fair enough. You got a score prediction then? Yeah. I'll go um, Chiefs 31, Niners 17. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Chiefs 24, and I'm going to th- say the Niners get hmm, probably 17 maybe. I guess we're all, all on with Kansas City. I think – they just got to take care of business. They're both coming off, both teams coming off of losses, but I think the Chiefs are pissed off. Um, they lost a pretty, I'd say, winnable game. And the 49ers, I just think they need to get George Kittle involved. They did it last week, and it helped. They need to get George Kittle involved. That opens up their offense a lot more. Um, but I just don't, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo going in there and beating an improved Chiefs defense, by the way. Um, I think the Chiefs take care of business 27-17. But that will do it for us here at NFL Friday. Thank you guys again for listening. Find us wherever you catch your podcasts. And for Bridge Gotham and Will Jing, my name is Tyler Hu, and we'll catch you guys next week.